0: Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. Today, my guest is Todd Hartley, the founder and CEO of WireBuzz. Embracing the power of video early on, Todd has spent the last decade mastering video marketing. In 2010, he created WireBuzz to help businesses amplify sales, reach marketing goals, and dominate the competition with video. In this episode, we'll discuss what it takes to make a successful business video, the three indisputable laws of using video to create binge-worthy buying experiences, how to turn your videos into sales machines, and more. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Todd. Thanks for being here on the Idea Climbing Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to do this. Oh, this is so much fun. Thanks for having me. And what we're going to be talking about today is the three indisputable laws for creating binge-worthy buying experiences. But before we get into that, what's the backstory? How did you get into video?
1: Yeah, I stumbled into it. You know, I'm a digital marketer first. Most people know me as the video guy, but I'm a digital marketer. And my first project went crazy viral. It generated 36 million unique visitors a year on zero ad dollars. And a uh, career was born. I went out to LA, ran digital for seven of the largest national talk shows, opened up my own agency. And, uh, and so I've been here at Wirebuzz. We've, we've been open for 10 years and we service uh, everything from startups to enterprise level companies and help them use the power of video to convince and convert their prospects at faster and faster rates.
0: And how did, how did you realize this? Is it something that you've just learned along a 10 year career? Do yeah. you know it from the get go? Cause it's do 30, that's a great question.
1: Yeah, because I, I actually, when I opened up my agency, I didn't even have a video camera. And so uh, how did I stumble into video? Well, in When I was at iHeartRadio, Premier Radio Network in Los Angeles running digital, part of my job working with those national talk shows was to look into the analytics and decide what our audience wanted. And each week I would have a meeting with the head of the network and I would say, oh, hey, by the way, I'm noticing that video is getting 10 times the results of everything we're doing And so we might want to consider adjusting a little bit to our customers. And the feedback I would get is, yeah, that sounds great, but we are audio people. Our audience loves audio. They come here for audio. And I would say, yeah, but the analytics don't lie. And every week, this is 2003. And every week I was in this conversation about people are crushing video on higher rates. Shouldn't we be morphing into something that our customers are really craving And so I just decided that when I rolled out of there, the time I would do it would be when bandwidth became available. Because back in 2003, the bandwidth limitation is why people weren't consuming video. We'd all sit there and watch it buffer. But once video became a tool, once iPhones came out and we started watching them, it was an easy indicator to me looking at the trends that video was an unstoppable force for business in their sales process.
0: Is there any length of video that you found most helpful? Does it
1: vary with each customer? How does that work? Yeah, it, very, it I actually want to tell everyone that anytime this question is asked, most people want a specific number because that specific number would be a guide that they could replicate off of, and I totally get it. Well, Mark, your product and my product take different amounts of time to explain. And it really, your video should be around how long does it, ex- does it take for you to explain that piece of information in the most compelling, succinct way possible, and that's how long your video should be. In fact, to violate all conventional wisdom, you know, here at Wirebuzz, we do 3,000 client videos a year. And if I look in the data, if you're trying to get somebody to purchase from you longer videos, uh, perform, outperform shorter videos every single day. No longer being what? Longer being, it all depends. But I would say 10 minutes, 14, 30 minutes. And don't be scared. Don't be scared that you've got to keep these things short because we're, you know, what's happening is people are, are trained From their entire life to think of videos like television commercials that are created in 30 and 60 second and 15 second bites, but people don't buy from those and even infomercials back in the day, which were like an entire hour like if you came home from a bar and you're throwing down some frozen pizza. And, um, and watching TV, those infomercials that are an hour long convert at higher levels because you've provided somebody the right level of certainty. And the people that go through all of that information, those are buyers. So I don't really care about getting everybody to the end of the video. I care about getting the buyers enough certainty. So when the video ends, they're either ready to buy or ready for the next phase of the videos. Does that make sense? Yes. You're bringing them along a journey. That's right. And every business is different. So, any marketer that's going to tell you it should be 87 seconds and don't go more than that is a marketer that doesn't identify the uniqueness of everybody's product. And this kind of gets you and I into attention span. Like, you're probably like, yeah, dude, that sounds great, but people have short attention spans. Can we spend a few moments on that? Yeah, definitely. All right. So, in the interest of full disclosure, I struggled miserably with attention disorders my entire life, and if I didn't get help at the Salt Center at the University of Arizona, which is the nation's leading academic support program for students with attention disorders, I wouldn't be where I am today. The truth is attention is selective. Buyers have selective interests that non-buyers do not have, so Like I don't watch knitting videos, but my mom crushes knitting videos on YouTube because she's a buyer. So what you really want to do is make sure that you teach people how to, uh, as they're watching, you provide value to them because when you provide value, you've broken through that issue about attention span. Attention span is selective. So if I'm boring, you're going to tune me out. If my information isn't relevant to you, you're going to tune me out. So we have to make sure that whenever we're communicating, we've got to do it in a way, and this actually brings us right to this first law. There are three laws we're going to break down today in the three indisputable laws about using video to create binge-worthy buying experiences for your customer. And the first one is it has to be personalized and relevant. Now, earlier I mentioned attention. The way that you hack attention is you make that information personalized and relevant. So, if I'm talking with you about mentoring programs, now I've got your attention. Why? Mm -hmm. Because it's relevant to you, right? It's personal. And now you're leaning in. So, one-size-fits-all videos don't work. So, who are our customers and how do we make them personalized and relevant? Like, as a kid, even though I had bad attention disorders, if you handed me a book About the Los Angeles Lakers, I would crush that thing like a big bear with claws. But if you handed me a homework assignment like Grapes of Wrath, I wouldn't have the attention span to read it because it wasn't personalized and it wasn't relevant to me. The first law is make sure that when you create videos, you're speaking to one type of customer and you make it hyper relevant to them and you make it personal by using their language and sensibilities to get your goals met. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, definitely.
1: All right, cool. Now, I mean naturally that's the first law. Should we break down the second one? Let's let's dig into it. All right. Now, and how they're related. One, by the way, they're all related and they're all taught to us on a daily basis by Netflix. Are you a Netflix customer? Yes. And do you know there are, there're 300 million Netflix customers worldwide? Didn't realize that. And 2. Point, for every um, paying customer, there's 2.5 people that poach in on that one account, hmm. right? Those people are, do you know what the term is for somebody that, that poaches in on somebody else's account? There's an industry term for it. No. They're called, yeah. By the way, do you have people that poach in on your account? No, I don't. Okay. I share, I share it with my girlfriend. Okay, cool. Um, I have multiple family members that poach in on my account, and each one of them have their own like, um, channel or account inside of my account, so all that information is personalized and relevant for them, right? That's the first law. The second law Netflix teaches us also, which is it needs to be on demand. And it needs to be on demand because people, when they have the opportunity, need to go through that process when the time is appropriate for them. And in the old business world, the salespeople like, Held that information hostage. Right? You had to go through a salesperson in order to get the right level of clarity to make a purchase. But that's not in the new business world. We all get really good at going online and looking for information. And I'm willing to bet, hey, do you use tab browsers? Yes. Okay. And do you use more than one
0: yes. tab at a time? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. What kind of nightmare do you have going on in your browser right now? Just lay it on me. It would be real candid.
0: It's not too bad, there's probably, oh, well, actually there's multiple windows, so probably three or four windows, each one of them will have five to 15 tabs.
1: Okay. So you're like me, and probably like everybody else, I use a Chrome browser and a Safari browser. Mm-hmm. Both of them might have, I'm looking at, at right here I'm looking at uh, Chrome, and it might have 30 tabs. And the other one, Safari has at least 30 tabs. And if I look into your browser, you're probably looking at something. You probably have something there that is an unfinished buyer's journey. Like you're going through (laughs) something, right? What are you shopping for right now? Embarrass yourself. I need to know. Looking at camera equipment, audio equipment. Okay, cool. So you're going down the rabbit hole, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. And when people go down the rabbit hole, we all, by the way, I study these people. And when you study them, they put goggles on their. Uh, their face and you track the eyes and correlate the eyes to where they go on the screen. And when people, when your prospects go down these rabbit hole journeys, what they're doing is what I call skim, skip, bounce, skim a few words, skip down the page, skim a few more words, look around the page. Don't see what you're looking for. Get frustrated. And then what do you do next? You leave. You bounce. And then you start that journey over again. And the way that that businesses in the modern world stop the skim-skip bounce and sell to people is they use video because people will stay twice as long on a page that has video. And during that extra time, they transfer the essential information, which means you have to make sure that that information is on demand, on your page. So people can learn, they have to have enough time to learn about your product or service and you provide enough clarity because 82% of buyers today, people like you and me, say that they aren't interested in talking to a salesperson until they're ready to make a buying decision. This is why you can't hold your information hostage. This is why it needs to be personalized and relevant because salespeople used to do that. Like when you're a salesperson, you know, I know when you go and talk with a, um, a, a prospect about how your program can benefit them, you automatically personalize it and make it relevant for them, don't you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? That's how you command that attention. So in, that, in the world now where people insist on doing their own research and going down the rabbit hole, you've got to provide that information on demand you got to run them through a customer journey that slows down the skim-skip bounce and provides them massive clarity. So that's the second one, which is on demand. Make sense? The second law? Second law is it has to be on demand.
0: And it sounds like what you're saying would also apply even to web copy as far as getting their attention, keeping their attention, yes. making it relevant to them. So it's not, it wouldn't just be video. It's everything involved with the customer journey, if I hear you right.
1: You are spot on. In fact, on this table, you and I are talking via Zoom, but for those of you that are listening to the podcast, just picture this in your mind. eye about five feet outside this uh, studio glass that I'm in is a glass table. And on that glass table, we've handwritten four customer journeys. It's for the same product, but there are four people, four types of people that are involved in the decision-making process. And each one of them needs to be influenced slightly differently. So on that table are four different customer journeys where the information is personalized and relevant, on demand, and then the last piece of the puzzle is that everything has to be bingeable. Go on about that, the bingeable. It needs to be binge-worthy. You need to structure the information. So somebody goes down that rabbit hole and they binge all the way through it. You can do this with one video, you, but you can't do it with a 30-second video, right? And this is why I hesitated at the very beginning to give you a number that tells you how long a video would be because this company behind me on this table, it may take them 45 minutes to communicate their unique value to each of those different people that are involved in the buying process. But if you're selling like an iPhone case, you could probably do it in a 30 second commercial, right? Mm -hmm. And so that information needs to be bingeable and like learning from Netflix, you can either provide them one piece of content and you can keep teasing what's coming up next or, you know, to hold them along or you can do what is called open loops like you would see in a Netflix series where one video t- t- gets you th- like like a third through the message and then you're teasing at the very end. Coming up in the next video, you're going to learn and you move them in a binge-worthy way into the second video. Does oh, that make sense?
0: Yes. Okay. Again, the
1: customer journey. It's all about that information because – if, look, if you're talking with – how long does it take you to explain your mentoring value to a prospect? Like if you were sitting with them for coffee, can they figure it out in two minutes? No, not in two minutes. What about I, I think- five minutes?
0: Two to five minutes would be a very high level. Probably they're not buying yet or they might be starting to get interested in it. Right. But it wouldn't be able to explain the complexity of it and all the details of it.
1: This will change over time. It won't always be the same. I'm sure when you got started, it took even longer than it takes today, correct? Oh, yeah. All right. When I got started with video marketing, I got in so early that, that, um, one of my guru friends, my marketing guru friends, I said, I'm going to be creating videos to help businesses sell faster. Their response was, why would anybody want that? This is how early I got it. So it used to take me like months to teach people. Now, and then it became like I could do it on an airplane ride. And now it's less time, but it's probably an hour in all candor. For me to transfer, and every salesperson, every company, including yours, needs to do the transfer, where you transfer the information from your big, massive dome into your prospect's brain, so they have clarity. And when they experience clarity, that's when they become a buyer. And people don't buy until they get that. So we have to visually make it bingeable and bring them through that experience, which means... We have to kind of skim across the tops of the trees and not go down into the forest. Like, what is that essential information that provides reasonable clarity that people need to go through so when they want to pick up the phone, we can have those essential conversations that are about late-stage hesitation questions? How do we implement this?
0: What are the late-stage hesitation questions?
1: You know, when you're about to buy some audio equipment. I'm using your example because rule number one, I need to make it personalized and relevant. Um, If you're going to be buying some audio questions, the late stage questions are the ones that come up after somebody understands your product and they understand the unique value, but they still have some questions like, hey, does does this mic connect via USB or XLR? is the headphone jack a jack that I could plug in USB or is it an audio mini input, right? Mm -hmm. Those are all these late stage questions that also create confusion. So those should also be on your page. And when you take somebody down that journey, you should provide that information with enough clarity. So if they have to talk to somebody, I mean, your product, they don't, what you're purchasing going down the audio uh, customer journey is not something that you essentially need to talk to a sales rep with, Mm -mm. right? But your business and your service, one of your late stage questions would be something like, I'm just guessing, could be something like, great, I love this and I see the value. How do we get started? What does it cost? How long does it take for the mentoring to start to pay off? Right? Mm -hmm. Like these are all those questions. Are there additional workbooks or material? How often do we check in and do we schedule that online? Those check ins are they pre like those are all the things that people need to check off in their brain for them to say yes. So um, as you're going through, you'll notice like in my business, late stage hesitation questions are um, what's next? Oh, we sign a Um, a statement of work, which is a a contract. We receive payment for the first X percent. And then we schedule a kickoff call and we start working on your strategy, right? And then lay out the strategy. So all of those like what's next questions belong at the end of the buyer's journey in some type of a question and answer section. How do you know what you need on your
0: website to answer the initial questions or get the clear, help them Get yeah. closer to clarity. How do you, cause there's so much you could put on your site to explain things. How do you know what to put on your website, including copy?
1: Yes. So there's a, there's a couple of rules here. First and foremost, we have to study what's working from a sales perspective. So I get brought in to work with a, with a, a company, a young company or even an enterprise business. And the first thing I want to do is talk to their best salespeople, which is not what the marketers that are hiring me want me to do. The reason I want to talk with the best salespeople is they've already optimized the path to conversion. They've already optimized the sales process. So you have a lot of experience in selling your services, but what you need to do is say, what's that essential information that I need to transfer in order for them to say yes, and then study the ones where it's like that worked beautifully, oh my God, I can't believe how easy that was, and replicate that on your page. So there's some limits. You should keep your each section where you're teaching something down to, I don't know, 50 words or less. Okay. And then just keep polishing it to the point where it's succinct because people can digest. This is just like a meal. People can digest short little appetizers And process it. But if you give them an entire Chipotle burrito in each one of those sections, they will never go forward because you're gonna overwhelm their system, right? Oh, yeah. So just think about these little bite sized pieces. And when you do that, you're like, cool, I moved them from the early attention where I caught their attention and I'm transitioning them down through. And if you can do that and use video strategically through that page, you've got yourself a home run. And then when people watch that first video, let's say you've got multiple videos on that page, like two or three. If somebody watches that first video and then they get sidetracked and they bounce, you can retarget them inexpensively. So as they go on social media or ESPN or CNN, your ad shows up in the right side column or on the page that brings them back to the second video on your customer journey, because if they don't get all of that information, they're not going to buy. And most people don't buy on the first visit. Mm-hmm. They need to be brought back because, like you, with your your audio equipment that you're researching right now, you didn't, you didn't buy your first time. Buyers don't buy their first time in most cases. Most things aren't impulse purchases. Your service and my service is not an impulse purchase. So it's a deliberate, well thought out research purchase. So that may happen over a week in browser tabs where people come back. It may happen over six months as they start to see your retargeting ad bringing them back. And when you do that, you become a lot more efficient and people start buying from you at freakish rates. And then you start growing and accelerating your business. Cool. That makes perfect sense. All right, cool. So what uh, what else applies to,
0: if there's one one of the most important things for creating that binge-worthy experience of what's one thing that really stands out? Like if you do nothing else, you've got to do this.
1: Start with strategy. Ah, Todd, that's so damn boring. That's not juicy enough. I don't want that. I want the good stuff. Really start with strategy. And the reason is um, just like when we were kids, when we pile into our parents' car and we drive to grandma's house, we already knew what the end goal was. And our parents already knew how they were getting there and what needed to go on that journey. And in most cases, people get excited about video. They want to grab that director's chair and put on costumes and have some fun and think creatively. But the creative, it doesn't matter until the creative slaves to the strategy. So start with strategy, map it out, know exactly what you're going to do and then start investing the time in video. And this is where I'm weird because... Uh, In 2010, I opened up a digital marketing video agency that was strategy first. And in doing so, we laid out all of our client strategies, then created the appropriate videos. And as a result, we're 10 years in, we still have all of our same companies here with us. We've just grown because we're not going out and shooting before we know what our target is. So it's building the
0: strategy first, not getting all excited about, oh, we have a video and then no one's looking at the video because there was no strategy backing it up if I hear you right.
1: Yes. So always map it out. Know what you're doing. It's a lot cheaper that way. It's not sexy, but you know what isn't sexy? Like getting fired because it didn't work. What's really sexy is just retaining customers and growing business.
0: That makes perfect sense.
1: Right? That takes pre-planning and precision. And as a business owner... You know, I know that, that you spend most of your time thinking about the strategy of how you're going to accomplish this. But if you want to get a place to get started, start identifying the different types of customers you have, right? You've Creating got... Creating
0: customer profiles?
1: Yes. What do they care about now when they come onto the page? What do they need to learn going down that page? And then... Once you've got that information, think about what videos you need to create in order to transfer that information, under the assumption that they probably aren't going to read, and if they do read, they're just going to skim and skip. Okay. Cool. Again,
0: back to the buyer, the back to creating a journey, and if you will, sounds like the strategy becomes the map for the customer journey. That's exactly right. Just like going to grandma's
1: house, it's the map. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time, Todd. Appreciate it. It's my pleasure. If anybody wants to get a hold of me. ToddHartley.com is my speaker site. My company is Wirebuzz, wirebuzz.com. And, um, and this is where I love to nerd out. Mark, thank you so much for your time.
0: Thank you so much for the time, Todd. We appreciate it. Yep. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.